This week on Small Town Scuttlebutt, Dr. Lauren Beetlespacher from Babson College is back to talk about standardized testing. We've evolved how we are taught, so why hasn't anything changed with our testing? We have opinions and lots of questions about this. Are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode is brought to you by Winslow Design, an award-winning firm focused on architectural design for your home or business, and by Larkin's Liquors, featuring a wide assortment of beer, wine, and liquor at affordable prices. Small Town Scuttlebot. Hey, uh, Liz, I just Googled how long does a cricket live? What did it say? You want to take a guess? Well, do, I'm do going the with... Buds at home want to play along? How long does a cricket live? We found well, out. Well, okay. I'm going to go with my original guesstimate of two weeks. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. We have a guest here today. Dr. Dr. Lauren, Lauren Beetlespacher from Babson. Her, her credentials give us credibility. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not an entomologist, so no, nothing not that kind against of you if you don't know this. Do you know how long a cricket lasts? Seven oh. to ten days. 90 days. Wow. Whoa. Nine weeks. No, well, 12 weeks. I don't hear our friend today, yeah, Rick. That's why I brought it up. I don't think so. We don't have that traditional third mic. No. Now I feel, now I like I'm a little sad because I like the chirping. It was like our like little background noise. noise. Yeah. Yeah. Spa noise. That Mm -hmm. is funny that you say that (laughs) because Leslie this morning was just talking about, uh, you know, we're just talking about not having enough time for ourselves and things like that. She goes, is it, is it so bad that I consider going to the dentist self care now? Yes. Yes, that is bad. And I'm like, it's not the dentist, it's the tooth spa. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started thinking, that's good prediction. In my life, in our lifetime, there will be a like a oral spa where you go in and you get <laughs> oral. So bad. Okay, we need get to get on your knees. Yes. <laughs> okay. We need okay. to rebrand marketing, that. Yeah. Marketing yeah. Yeah. I have uh, to interject here. Oral spa. That yeah, that's oh. not. That does not work for me. <laughs> it's like whenever, like it, when you hear the term like oral presentation. It's like, oh yeah. No, 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 no. Verbal. It's yeah. verbal. Yeah. Verbal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Live. Yeah. This is the new start to the show, right? We just yes. kind of go, hey, what's up? So I I feel like we've hit a developmental milestone in my house that I wanted to share with you guys. Mm-hmm. So my son, Will, he's 15. Typically, his bedroom looks like it was a subject of an FBI raid, and they were looking for, like, sensitive government secrets because, like, all the drawers of his dresser are pulled out. Clothes are everywhere. They're all Clothes are all over the floor, most of which have not been worn, mind mm-hmm. you. They've what? just been discarded because he said, I don't want to wear these, so I will leave them on the floor. When did you find all this? When did I find this? Yeah. I mean, this is my life, Rick. Oh, this is every day? Yes. Oh, okay. I <laughs> so, thought this was a unique situation. No. So typically, this is what his bedroom looks like. It's mm-hmm. in disarray. The mattress is like half off the bed. I don't want to know why. Yeah. Last weekend, I come home from running errands. I go upstairs, and his room is pristine. Mm. Nothing on the floor. Dresser drawers are closed. 
that is made, his vast collection of sneakers neatly lined up, mm-hmm. his hoodies that he keeps on a shelf in his closet folded neatly, color-coded, okay? Yeah. So I was <laughs> befuddled, obviously, because mm-hmm. I've never seen his room look like this unless I'm the one putting it back together. So I go downstairs, totally confused, and he said, all excited, Mom, Mom, did you see my room? I said, yeah, did Dad, did Dad clean that? Mm-hmm. He said, no, I did. I said, you did that? He said, yeah, he said, I just couldn't, I, it was just a mess and it was really bothering me and I just, I just wanted it neat and organized and so that's the way it has to be now. That's the way I'm going to keep it. And I said, that's awesome, buddy. Like, thanks for doing that. I really appreciate it. And he said, but now I'm really worried. And I said, why? He said, I think I have OCD and I think it's a problem. I said, you, you, you just cleaned your room that. once and yeah. you think you have a mental illness? Is that, is that where we're going here? He's yeah. like, yeah, it's just weird. I don't know why I care about it so much. And I said, Congratulations, honey. You're an evolved human being. Yeah. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's, he, what he's trying to do is justify never having to do it again. I don't know, Mom. This he's, just isn't good for my mental health. Well, I, I have I, to. I should probably just let it. That's brilliant. If that, if I, that, that if was the case, yeah, yeah, like, like, I'm going to clean this once, and then I'll never have to do it again. He's I kept it like up. That's what Sean has done about going to the grocery store. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> grocery store? Yeah. I love the grocery store. Is this a yeah. weaponized incompetence story? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. All right, lay it on us, Lauren. I'm just joking. Yeah. But it's like every time he has to go, like, big... I mean, obviously, he can pick up a couple of things here and there, but if he has to do the big grocery shopping, it's like... You mean, like, the weekly one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's... it's He gets really confused. Like, needs <laughs> an exact list, and, like, even if it's stuff we buy every week, I still have to write it down, and it takes, like, twice as long, and it's I, overwhelming. So I'm, I just do it. That's my self-care. Yeah. The grocery store. Um, yeah, that's great. I, that's yeah. not self-care. That's not self-care. Stop normalizing things no, that we, we have are. to do as self-care. Actually, they're not. I actually they're like not. going to the grocery store because it feels like I'm doing something to like take care of my family. And, that's like, not organize. self-care. You just said take care of my family. I know, but it makes, I don't, yeah, okay. I hear what I, you're no, I, no, I'm dying on the sword. Not self-care. Grocery shopping, not self-care. <laughs> Dentist, not self-care. Nothing that you are doing that involves normal things that you have to do, have to do yeah. is self-care. It's not. Yeah. Very passionate well, about this. When, okay, you know what? I'm I'm on Team Lauren here. When I go to the food spa, <laughs> yeah. I feel at ease too. Yeah. They play the music, yeah. right? It's there's where always you know where you're citizen. going. Yes. The, there's like, it's 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 mindless. You guys are whack. I, yeah. I, I challenge you to not get into a friendly conversation with a senior citizen at some point in your And the deli shopping. people, the deli people are always really nice. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I love the cashiers at Brothers. They're they're big fans of our swingers video, by the way. Mm-hmm. They always ask me if we have new videos coming out. Yeah. Love talking to them. We'll get them on Veronica, the Instagram. Linda, shout out. Yes. Um, love them. But it's not so Sounded like you were about to break out into Mambo number five. <laughs> That's right. Mambo number five. Uh, speaking of music, though, mm-hmm. my son has a new guilty pleasure, and he doesn't even understand. Oh, love it. it. You ready? Yep. He's a nine-year-old boy. He has fallen in love with Kenny G. <gasps> he goes really? To, he goes to bed to Kenny G. He plays Kenny G in the car. Oh, my God. Does he find it relaxing and soothing? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I so, love it. That so, is not even a thousand times close to what I was expecting you to me. say. <laughs> I was really... You I was I, no, you know what? I listened to your guys' anti-kids bop issue one t- or episode one time. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a little offended. That's for another day because I personally kind of like kids bop. Oh, dear God, um, Lauren. We'll I have know. you on another episode <laughs> to unpack that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was really, really hoping that you were going to say that Charlie really loved kids oh, bop. Yeah. No, we last week we, I referenced the movie Gran Turismo. It's a, Yes. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind it's of a Clint odd. Eastwood, right? No. Oh, no, no, you're talking about the video game. Yeah, it's oh, Gran yeah. Torino. Gran oh, Turismo yeah. is a, it's a, oh. it's a video game. It's a real-life story about how Nissan tried to get gamers onto the racetrack and race real cars, and this kid did it, and Charlie really likes it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of been on the high rotation. Like, you go, oh, what are you watching? Oh, it's some point of Gran Turismo. It's like I've seen this movie a million times mm-hmm. in parcels. But one of the funny things in the movie is this kid... Goes to sleep listening to Enya. Oh, I love Enya. I kind of love Enya too. too. Oh, that's that's spa music. That's self care. Enya self care. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I kind of were like you Enya. just trying to sing? <laughs> now? Is that what that was? Sail away, sail away. No, okay, sail now, you, now away. you're ruining no. it. Now yeah. you're ruining it. I think Don't it was ruin. actually better. No. <laughs> that's what they play at the oral spa. <laughs> <laughs> no, they play at oral spa. It's like girls, girls, girls. <laughs> My son now wants to play the saxophone. Mm-hmm. Oh. My son has reached out to the school district to see if he can get an advance on an instrument because he is this much into Kenny G, and oh he's God. trying to get other kids to like Kenny G because he needs a drummer. He wants to start a Kenny G band. Oh my gosh! Well, let us know how the Kenny G tribute band goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of. I mean, there's not a lick of musical talent in this family. You none, never know. None. You never know. I can play a couple chords on a guitar and futz around, but. I would say Very I would say ninety percent of dudes, particularly ones who were in a fraternity, could play two chords on a guitar because yeah. they thought that was a way into a girl's pants. Probably mm-hmm. no. Yes. No. No. <laughs> I, I I just in college I uh, I crushed it because I had a harmonica. Mm. <laughs> Chicks dig the harmonica, right? Am I right? Uh, all right. So are we all good. We all we all checked yes. in. We're all how you doing? All that stuff. Well, we have. Two directions we can go. Yeah, we got to get into our standardized so testing. So should combo. we get into standardized testing and yeah. put uh, emails from listeners off? I think so. Okay. Okay, question number one. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, <laughs> do you want to introduce Liz, I mean, uh, Lauren with like credentials and stuff? There's so many. I don't know if I can remember all okay, our credentials. Okay, let's go back to course. Oh my God, no. She's a awkward. doctor. She's a professor of marketing. Yes. At Babson. Department chair. Not anymore. Yes, Not I anymore. rolled off. Yeah, we started yes. to be on sabbatical. Yeah. yeah. She's um, on sabbatical. Which mm-hmm. is, I don't know, I, I assume, I would think, most, if not all of our listeners are familiar with Babson, but it is a yeah. prestigious yeah. business college. They would tout themselves as the number one entrepreneur school mm-hmm. in well, the country. a lot of people in the world. Um, in the world? Yeah. A wow. lot of company, a lot of um, rankings rank us as that. And then the Wall Street Journal just ranked us in the top 10 um, for, like, um, business people coming. Wow. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Lauren is an expert on retail marketing, on sustainability, on a lot of things. And we've already determined that she's a better human than we are. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because, and she, she has two daughters yes. in the Medfield public school yes. systems. So we wanted her to come on to talk about standardized testing, how mm-hmm. it sort of kills creativity, both as an expert in education and as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would appreciate her perspective because I have my opinion. It's not, it, it's a, it's purely an opinion. It's not based on anything but me. Yeah. And um, experience, right? Yeah. yeah, and experience. Yeah, yeah and my per, my personal experience. What you're and the, stu- the type of student I was growing up, the type of students my kids are. Um, so before we get into that, I just, I have some fun facts I wanted to share around standardized testing because, you know, I like my research. So mm-hmm. according to the Washington Post, American students take an average of 112 standardized tests by the time they graduate high school. I just vomited a little in my mouth. 100 that is and awful. fucking 12. That's awful. Uh, $1.7 billion a year is spent on administering standardized tests. 
and $13 billion a year is spent on test prep courses by parents who... That's just increasing so, disparity. And that's yeah. why we're never going to get rid of these tests yeah. because it always comes down to money. money. So, yeah. Lauren, over to you. <laughs> well, I just want to say that I, you know, I'm not an expert in standardized tests, mm-hmm. but um, so my opinion is also anecdotal. Um, but I've been teaching for 20 years now because it totally started when I was like 12. <laughs> um, but and I've seen this increase in anxiety, and a lot of it comes from this um, pressure that they put on themselves around testing. So I mean, the name standardized test gives away everything that's wrong with it, that it's standard. Mm -hmm. And that is assuming that everybody learns the same way, that everybody tests the same way. And what happens then is it becomes this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, is that teachers will teach to the test because they're measured on how well their students do. Then it's a standard test, and students then compare themselves to each other because there's no way, I'm sorry, I just hit the mic. There's no way that they're not going to not talk about it. Mm-hmm. parents freak out because, you know, I hate standardized tests. I'm super anti-standardized tests, but I still am like, oh, God, please let my kid do okay on the standardized test. Um, and then, you know, so then it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. And then what happens is kids tell themselves, I'm not a good test taker. And part of that is a, um, a way to kind of protect themselves mm-hmm. and say, like, oh, I'm not good. And so then if they do do well, then it's like a surprise. But then they tell themselves that for 12, 13 years. Right. And so then they get to college, you give them an exam, which is how we, you know, make sure that they're, you know, getting their money's worth. And they freak out. Like, they're absolutely paralyzed. And, you know, the fact that we don't have any resilience towards any kind of exam is problematic. Um, but the fact that we're also measuring learning for all these different types of learners in the exact same way is extremely problematic. And then saying... Basically, measuring somebody as good or bad based on their performance on the test is, you know, a terrible thing to do to a child. And I think what happens, too, is that as parents, we had standardized tests and that's what we know. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, are like, well, I had it. And so my kids should have it, too. And that's literally the opposite of progress. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of big feelings about it. I understand that there has to be an objective measure. And I do understand that we need to kind of look at things fairly across the board Mm -hmm. but we're not allowing for different types of learners yes we're not allowing for different types of educators so like for me I don't ever give exams because I'm not that kind of educator but my students go take jobs in retail and are quite successful and to me that's a better marker of success than what grade they made on an exam that they may have forgotten everything so I have big feelings about this I understand the need for them but I hate them. Um, and I wish that we would put our collective brain trust into something else and come up with something else. And I also just think, too, from an equity perspective, it creates so much disparity because, like you said, there's all this money spent in test prep that's spent with the affluent. Yep. And so then, you know, young people who are in underserved communities you know, if they do well on the test, that should actually count for more right. than the person in Medfield whose parents spent $10,000 on a Kaplan course for mm-hmm. them. So, um, and there's no way, if you're just looking apples to apples, there's no way to discern what, you know, how that kid got mm-hmm. there. Yeah, to me, it's just, and we've talked about this, Rick, before, about how we're like raising a generation that can't think creatively. That's why there are no new ideas. I mean, if even if you think about like the movies that have been made in the past 20 years, if it's not like a Marvel movie, it's a remake of a movie that was mm-hmm. made in the 80s, right? Yeah. So, you know, if if you if you're teaching to a test and you're telling the kids, this is the only information that you need. Mm-hmm. 
you don't need to know anything else. Then they're presented with the test and they have four choices. And it's like, okay, I just, I just need to know one of these things. Yeah. And they, all I need to do is fill in the right bubble and that's it. Now I'm done. Like and there's you, no creativity. There's no problem solving. There's no analytical thinking. Nothing. And by the time they get to me, I give them an assignment yeah. and I'm encouraging creativity. And they're like, what's the rubric? What do you want? Oh, yeah. What's the rubric? I, what do you want? Yeah. And I'm like, I want you to, to think about this and go wide open. Like I, you know, I don't know what the rubric is because I don't know what you're going to come up with. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, what are you going to grade us on? And I'm like the comprehensiveness of what you're doing. And it just, it paralyzes them and becomes so anxious that then there's no good learning. Right. So I'm trying to do something to encourage creative learning. And it's so paralyzing to them by the time they get to me, because that's been kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of beaten out of them. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. I'm like, I'm giving you this opportunity to think creatively, creatively and flex your, you know, critical thinking skills. And they're like, well, what's the rubric? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be paralyzing. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, mm-hmm. what do you do in place of the final exam? So I give a take-home final exam um, where it's basically all essay, um, and they can't use, you know, I also have to compete with um, artificial intelligence right now, too. So um, so I give, like, I'll take an article from the Wall Street Journal, and I'll say, tell me what's happening here. Like, based on what you've learned, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't really use AI for that, and they have um, two weeks to complete it. Because part of the pressure of standardized tests is the time pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Assuming that everybody does everything in the same time. So not only are we assuming everybody's the same learner, but we're assuming everybody does things in the same time frame too. And um, so I give them two weeks to kind of, you know, because there's some that are going to wait till, you know, 11 p.m. for mm-hmm. what is due at 11.59. Um, and then there's some that are going to take the two weeks. But I want people to have that option. I also offer the option of, you know, just coming and talking to me. Um, you know, like I'm going to give you this and you can talk to me if the writing is too kind of overwhelming for you. Like we can have kind of an, um, oh, I don't want to say it, but a verbal exam, I don't want to say an oral exam, but we have a verbal exam. Um, and so, but all of my other, um, kind of assessments, I really try to be creative in doing non exam assessments. So I like to do like the two minute paper, like, you know, take out a pencil and write down, you know, what's the number one thing you learned from this concept? Or, um, you know, if I'm giving a, an assignment, I'll offer multiple pathways to deliver it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to build a Canva presentation? Do you want to do a video? Do you want to write a paper? Do you want to just like record yourself on TV? Do you want to do a, you know, animated thing? So that way they can show that they know the content in a way that makes sense for them mm-hmm. um, applying their knowledge to something yes. yeah. actually what you do in the real yes, world. yes exactly right? exactly you just don't walk around going a b yeah no c c where's the c. bubble where's c. the bubble where's i the need bubble? to build yeah. i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> c yeah. yeah yeah and even my you know annie has like a multiplication test today so she's in third grade and she's like i'm so nervous about it you know i just feel like i'm not a good test taker. i was like oh no 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 mm. no 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 yeah. no like time out you know we just don't say that. Like, to me, that's the equivalent of saying, like, you know, I mean, it's, that's shaming yourself. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I am never, I will never pressure you by your grades. And I think that that ties into something else, too. And I don't know if I'm, you know, going off on a tangent here. But there's also a lot of pressure to go to college. And so these standardized tests are seen often by, as parents, because that's what it was in our generation, yeah. as a pathway towards school. One of the best things to come out of the pandemic is schools placing less emphasis on those tests. So, like, less emphasis on SAT and ACT. ACT and looking at the whole 
person and where they come from and their background. And so that to me is a great thing to come out of the pandemic. And I also want parents to stop thinking that every kid needs to go to college. I'm a college professor. I want yeah, them to come. Bold, bold I want yeah. them to come to me. I do. But not mm-hmm. every kid needs that. You know, I mean, the most important thing about college, honestly, the knowledge is the same everywhere. We have to hit certain accreditation goals. Um, So the information is the same. It's about being at a place where you can grow and transition into an adult that Mm -hmm. makes sense for you, right? Finding your people, finding your place. Not every child's place is a four-year academic institution. And I think sometimes that we're setting them up for failure by forcing them into that. Mm -hmm. Some kids can go to a community college. Some kids can go to a trade school. And they're going to make more money than if their parents (laughs) force them to be an accountant and they hate it. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I think, you know, the whole system is broken. The standardized test especially is seen as a path, the only pathway to college and that the only path forward is college. Mm-hmm. That's what it was for success in the, you know, 60s and 70s, but that's not the pathway to success oh, it's anymore. Like, that's what it was when we were growing yeah. up too. I mean, there was never a conversation in my house about what do you want to do after you graduate high school? Yeah. The expectation was you're going, you're to, going college. to college. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was it. I mean, I wanted to go to college. You know, yeah. my sisters and I, we all wanted to go to college. My parents, you know, thankfully could pay for it and whatever. Yeah. But I think it's like, I think it's different now. And I, do you see kids, I feel like taking like gap years is more. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. You, you it's like more it. Prevalent. You I love a gap year. I, yeah. Okay. When, remember when we were in high school, we were warned the gap year is a pitfall. You'll never, you'll never. You were go- too stupid to get into school. That's yeah, what it meant. That's, that's what, what it, it meant thought. when we were growing up. Yeah. Oh, uh, what, for me it was, uh, you're just not mature enough and uh that's what it means responsible Mm -hmm. enough but that's okay yeah yeah i mean i think if you're not ready to go to college don't go to college like take a year find yourself i mean here's the thing is that if you don't make the mistakes and do the stupid stuff when you're young you're going to want to do it when you're older and it's not as cute and it's not as pretty and the less forgiving (laughs) the consequences are bigger Mm -hmm. and so you know you need to like you do the dumb things and make the mistakes. And that's the problem too, is that these young people are so afraid of failing, um, you know, not just exams, but like everything. Mm-hmm. So afraid of letting anybody down. And, you know, we see, especially cause at Babson, we have, you know, all these budding entrepreneurs, they take a gap year to focus on their business. And that is absolutely the best decision for them. And then when they come to us, they know exactly what they need, exactly what holes they need to fill in their own learning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can take some ownership of their learning versus just this, you know, sometimes prescriptive, like, you must learn this. Um, and I think it's really good. It's empowering for mm-hmm. them. Winslow Design is an award-winning firm focused on residential architectural design located in the Metro West area outside of Boston. Their services include additions, renovations, and new construction. They love making special spaces that truly reflect the people they work with and the places where they live. Winslow Design's philosophy fosters successful design through collaboration, thoughtful conversations, and active listening. To see what I'm talking about, you can visit their amazing portfolio at winslowdesign.net. At Larkin's Wine and Spirits, you'll find an excellent selection of top quality wines, beers, and spirits, as well as an extensive collection of higher quality items, such as single barrel bourbons and single malt scotches. Larkin's is committed to personal service. Let their friendly and well-informed staff help. They're experts in craft brews and worldwide wines. Larkin's Wine and Spirits is a third-generation family business owned by the Larkin's family since 1935. 
visit them online at larkinsliquors.com. I think it's great that you're um, embracing someone's idea. You know, a 19-year-old kid has an idea, cobbling together a, a business plan, and you guys are building that up and working I mean, with it. And it's like, we, you, you're an expert in this. Yeah. You know more about this than we do. We know how to grow that. Help you grow it yeah. and scale. Interesting. I mean, some of these kids, like, come to Babson having already developed and sold multi-million dollar businesses that's wild it's insane and it's brilliant you know and they don't but then we help them understand well who's your customer how do you access capital how do you access funding you know Mm -hmm. um and it's it's really an honor to be a part of that so you just made me think of something my nephew is a freshman at georgetown now Mm -hmm. and i was talking like last year i was talking to my sister-in-law just about sort of the whole college application process and things like that and she and he graduated from a prestigious private school mm-hmm. here in Massachusetts. And so I figured like he'd be a shoe in to get in anywhere. Um, and she said it was so competitive. She said the questions he was asked during his interviews, it wasn't, she said he got asked like, have you started a company? Like that was like a baseline mm-hmm. question for his college interview process. Not just, you know, his academics, his extracurriculars, his, you know, mm-hmm. working a part-time job. It was like, have you started a company? Yeah. Is that is that where we're at in terms of like our kids you know, being competitive to get into school is that it, you have to go to this ridiculous level. I mean, I can't even get my kid to do his homework. So, I mean, <laughs> so there's a place for every kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have, you know, I have big feelings about this. I don't, you know, I know how the sausage is made at college. And, you know, these prestigious schools, they're awesome and wonderful, but I don't want to put that kind of pressure on a young person yep. because it, Post-graduation, the brand helps them. Yes. Right? But during that time there, the pressure is so much, they don't actually get to have fun at college. And a lot of times, too, they're not taught by someone like me who's, like, all in on their teaching. They could be taught by a TA who's also stressed out. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, I think that the pressure of some of these, like, elite schools, they're wonderful, and I don't want to, you know, dismiss them, but... Um, you know, I don't think that everybody needs that. That needs to be the goal for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not going to make my children start a business. Um, I'm, you know, cause at this, I want them to come out of middle school and high school relatively happy and unscathed. Yeah. And so I'm not going to put any pressure on them, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, do 5,000 test preps. And all <laughs> There's so many parents in this uh, town, like this one. Yeah. That needs to hear exactly oh, that. Oh, I know. No, I know. That's because why I'm here. Are- <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here Friday morning at 8 a.m. Like, I it think- is un- it's unsettling, this pressure mm-hmm. that we put in, like, this emphasis on the, you know, the rankings. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It's, like, just teach your kid not to be an asshole. Right. Like, be and don't person. be an asshole yourself. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be just fine. I mean, yeah. I've taught at schools that, you know, were primarily first-generation college kids and, you know, totally different. They were working full-time. And, you know, they go on to be as successful as the students that graduate Mm -hmm. Babson, just like, you know, some students that graduate, you know, Ivy League schools, like, don't do well, because it's about the person. It's not about the school. Yeah. It's not about, you know, it's about what they're capable of doing. If we put all this pressure on them and they're paralyzed by anxiety, you know, then they're Mm -hmm. saying that their worth as a human is tied to their grades, then it doesn't matter what school they go to, they're going to be unhappy and they're not going to do well. So, yeah. 
Thank you for coming to my <laughs> podcast talk. Um, You're so I edutaining. Feel, I have big feelings about this, as you can do. tell. Yeah. So is there a solution? Is there an alternative? Like in Massachusetts, we have the MCAS, right? <sighs> what are you going to It's a four-letter word. Mm. It is. Um, I, you know, I tried to get my kid out of MCAS. Yeah, I was going to, you know what? I was going to do the same yeah. thing. All right. I have a friend. She has done it, and she's on a crusade. She's like, my kid's not taking the MCAS yeah. until, what, junior year? Yeah. When you have to take it. It's a graduation requirement. Stupid. Yeah. So in third grade, I thought it was just absurd that, you know, during the height of the pandemic, we were giving this standardized test. It was, that's just absurd. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I don't know who made that choice, but it was a bad choice. And I said, I want to. I don't want Amelia to do that. What else can she do? Well, she can go do a worksheet in the library. And I was like, well, that feels almost punitive. Yes. Sure. And so, um, but but I said, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, I'll just take the test. She's like, I kind of want to just take the test and see, you know, how I do. Mm-hmm. But every year I give her the option, do you want to take this test? And if she ever says no, no, yeah. we won't do it because who cares? I don't care. Um, and I don't, and one thing that I don't like about myself is that I do, you know, I wish that I were the kind of person that just shredded the results without looking, but I'm not. I, know. I look and then I'm like, okay, you know, and like, I don't know how I would feel if she ever did fall and that, you know, whatever that range is that, you know, shows that she needs improvement. But like, I want to believe that I'd be the kind of person that disregarded it and just, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, it's just like this. Well, so I think it's a societal problem. Well, yeah. Let, let me ask you as a mom, when you do see those grades, are you ever surprised about any of the results? Or did you already know this? So I never check my kids' homework or I never... What kind I of mother tr- are you? I know. I trust them. Like, I, you know, um, I will have other, you know... You parents. have girls, though. I have girls. Well, that, that's and, responsible and they're girls. pretty conscientious. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. You know, You're- Amelia really takes her schoolwork seriously, and so mm-hmm. does Annie. Um, but I'm also, like, they're in sixth and third grade. Like, I, again, my focus is on them you know, having some social emotional awareness, you know, and that's something like, especially with my older, we really had to work on and she's, and she's there and it's mm-hmm. so great. And so I'd rather just celebrate the fact that she's like a happy, well-adjusted kid who doesn't care if she's popular and like, yeah. you know, is like happy with her kookiness and her friends versus mm-hmm. a test or her homework. I don't care, but I don't know what I would do if she weren't responsible. I mean, I have, that's a privilege. It's hard. And yeah. I mean, I, cause I'm also the mother that opens the MCAS results cause I, the curiosity yeah, gets the better of me. Me too. And I knew when I opened them, probably what I was going to see. And that was two of my three kids were falling short of like the math expectations. Yeah. And I just looked and I threw them in the trash. Yeah. And I didn't do anything about it because it's a stupid test. Yeah. And I don't feel like that is a barometer for no. their intelligence. So. I will say this though, like I, as you know, my oldest is in high school. He's a sophomore. Yeah. The first time he saw a letter grade was a fresh as a freshman. Yeah. And as a parent, that was the first time you sort of see their level of success academically. Yeah. And he struggled and continues to struggle. And it's really hard because he's two years away from going to college yeah. to not get caught up in like, oh my god, oh my god, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna yeah. do? Like, and I, you know, he was he I he was in he saw two tutors over the summer. Yeah. Like it's, it is very hard to not get caught up in the, I want him to be as successful as yeah. possible. Right. What that means for him. I still don't really know. Mm-hmm. Cause part of it is up to him and his, the level of effort he's willing to put in. So it is, it, I struggle with it it's all the time. It's a very like a tautological issue. Yeah. I, you know, I, I recognize him in the minority. I'm absolutely a hundred percent supportive of no grades in middle school. Um, and it's what grades are six, seven, eight. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm so uh, would argue even freshman year. Yeah, because I mean, you know, it, I would like to do away with grades, period, um, and everything. Um, and and but I I understand you have to have an assessment, and right. mm-hmm. um, you know, I understand that. I think that there's a better way, and I think that as we look to the future of education and pedagogy, we will see a reduction in. Um, you know, and grades and emphasis on grades. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, that's what young people are using is their success, yeah. you know? And, and I just think it's, you know, just to use myself as an example. I, you know, did not do well the first time I took the GMAT to go to grad school. I didn't. Um, and part of it is for me, I don't want to say I'm a bad test taker cause I don't want to perpetuate that, but, mm-hmm. um, I can't sit still that long mm-hmm. and I get bored and, you know, I just don't have that kind of focus. And, um, but I've done really well for myself. Um, and, you know, I'm probably one of the more successful people to come out of my grad program, mm-hmm. but I probably made the lowest GMAT score of anyone. And so I just feel like the less emphasis we could put on performance related to grades and the more emphasis we could put on performance related to other metrics that, mm-hmm. you know, are unique to the person, I think that that's, the, that's a better measure of success. Because I tell my students all the time, like, think about the person you admire the most. What was their GPA? You don't admire people because right. of their grades, right? We don't admire people because of their GPA. We admire people because of their regr- grit and resilience and their, you know, kindness and they're making a difference in the world. And, um, you know, I-, I tell my students, I'm like, I'll never remember what grades you made, but I will remember were you an asshole. Right. And were like, I've had human? students who are like, you know, I had this one student who asked me to write a recommendation letter for him. And I said, no. And he's like, why? I made an A in your class. I was like, because I saw you be really, really rude to the people and the dining services. And I am not wow. writing a letter for you um, because I don't support that kind of behavior. And he was rip shit. I mean, he was so mad. And I was like, again, not helping your cause. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely not <laughs> writing you a letter now. <laughs> wow. so, You're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those, and I just wish I don't, we're not there yet. And I don't have a good solution. Um because I think it's going to require a lot of brains together. But I think we need to start putting other measures of success in place. Mm-hmm. Um, because not every because because we all fall into this. I mean, I know that if my kid comes home with a C, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I know. And I and I'm so anti this, you know, it's just like but it's, it's the, that's the way the world that's works. Our society. Like, I'm panicking yes, because. Yes. You know, Will can't get into a good college, and you know it's just society. You know, he will. I mean, he'll be he'll be fine, whatever. But just like, like every just... bride gets the wedding dress they're supposed to have, everybody mm-hmm. lands where they're supposed yeah. to land. And <laughs> one of the articles I read about standardized tests, there was a professor of human development at Cornell that said standardized tests create quote an illusion of knowledge, and I just thought that was like really interesting because. Mm-hmm. It, it does, right? You can do great on the standardized test, but all that really proves is that you were able to remember stuff that you were taught because you were told you have yeah. to remember this and now you need to spit it back out. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you know, we hold, in my field, we hold people up to these like really high standards because, oh, they made like a seven whatever on the GMAT. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like, they're not somebody I'd want to go have a beer with. And I don't know anything about Kenny Loggins. And, right. um, <laughs> you know, like that's not the only measure of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just ready for some new measures of intelligence. You yeah. know, we don't teach the same. I'm so frustrated that we assess the same. There's been no yeah. evolution yeah. in these tests. We've evolved in the way that we teach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've evolved in the way that we disseminate lo- knowledge and we allow students to apply versus just, you know, memorize and regurgitate. And application is the top of the learning pyramid. Yeah. But those tests don't measure application. Yeah. 
No, it's all the recall. Which yeah, it's is all the recall. It's the bottom yeah. of the pyramid. Yeah. Yep. Um, two things as you were talking. I went to high school with a good friend named Joe. Mm -hmm. Joe got a 700 on his SATs. We all shit on Joe. Joe... <laughs> Joe, what the hell, dude? That's Joe. really low, right? Yeah. 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 My brain is yeah. kind of like... So 1,600 so, yeah. was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. was That's what right. this kid Jamie got, and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's going to Harvard. And then our friend Joe got the 700, and he was demoralized. First of all, he's a really smart guy. I mean, I crushed him on yeah. it, and I'm like, dude, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, I'm an idiot compared to you, and I doubled your score almost, you know, and he was like head in his hands, just like, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. He got into UNH, yeah. Yeah, University mm -hmm. of New Hampshire. Good school. Yeah. No problem. Uh, the other thing is the C student, mm -hmm. David Letterman, who was yeah. my idol growing up, yeah. was a C student. He is branded as a C student. That's what he was. That's all he could ever be. And then he went to Ball State. Um, and now he has a scholarship there that's only applicable to C students. Mm. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. You have to have a two point <laughs> something. You, you literally could be too smart or have a GPA too high because he really... Yeah, yeah. It's all about these. Like, look at me. Look yeah. at me. Right. I, right. I was the king of late night. Yeah, I, I made it. I mm -hmm. was number one in what I do. There's only one person that has the job that I have, and it's me. You know? Yeah. And I was a C student. So take your grades and shove them up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some money, kid. I mean, Go part of the thing is students. I love them. Students. Some students need to learn things that we aren't even teaching yet. You know, mm -hmm. like I mean, the skills that David Letterman has. Probably weren't even, you know, there wasn't even opportunity to develop them in the curriculum and that, yeah. you know, where he went. So mm -hmm. at, at that time. So yeah. I think, you know, it's just one of the biggest problems in society. And I think we all suffer from this is that, you know, we're like, well, this is what I had to do. And I turned out fine. And we don't understand that there's a different way. Mm -hmm. And it is literally our job as decent human beings and adults to make it better for the generation that comes after us, even if it doesn't benefit us. And that goes with everything from the environment and, you know, sustainability to teaching and learning. Um, you know, this, well, I had to do it and I turned out just fine. That's bullshit. And if you're saying that, no, you didn't. Right. Um, <laughs> so I just think that, you know, we need to not put the, you know, the the learning of like putting the PowerPoints up and talking to the students as being the only way. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's that does not work with this generation. They're going to be like, um, this is boring. I'm going to get on my phone. You suck. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember listening to high school. Uh, that that was my high school experience. Yeah, 40, it was all of us. 47 minute period yeah. of a, a air quotes here expert yeah. up <laughs> on the chalkboard oh. writing and I'm just taking notes. I'm yeah. like, am I... Am I look, paying attention to the notes or the words coming out of your mouth? And yeah. this is 47 minutes and I have ADHD. I yes. checked out 20 yes. minutes ago. Yeah. We yeah. need to get up. We need to move around. How about some stations? Yeah. How about some projects? How about like that's more like I would do. I would actually enjoy you school more now yeah. Yeah. than I would back in the 80s and 90s when it was all about. You will listen to me talk about yeah. the Roman Empire. Pontificate. Well, I mean, like, our kids, you know, they're used to 30-second videos on TikTok, yeah. a video game that where they level up every two minutes. You yeah. know, like, you've got to really be nimble to keep their attention. You, mm. We have to change what we're doing every eight minutes. Um, but I will say one thing that I'm really excited about, just to, you know, inject some positivity, um, is... Um, we don't know, encourage that on the show. <laughs> Well, Keep I just negative. always want to show that, like, it's not all doom and gloom, right? There's always mm -hmm. hope, you know, that this... If you say this, so. There is, yeah. Um, I promise. I know it's Pollyanna, <laughs> but um, but we're seeing more play-based learning, um, even at the college level, you know? Like, um, like, I just do a lot of, like, 
play. Um, and, you know, instead of they're like taking notes, right, they're like doing something and, you know, like crafting something. And, you know, there's actually like a tangible takeaway mm-hmm. um, and they're moving. I think that's the thing, too, yeah. is that we all need to move. Um, and this like sitting in a desk for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, just throw some of those big giant sheets of paper like you post them on the yeah. wall and just let them write and then just be like all right move yeah rotate go to the next thing there's a prompt you just yeah. think as a group just move it's way better yes, yes. just way get better. up and move yep. yeah i bring in like i mean even call it you know they're paying eighty thousand dollars a year and maybe parents don't want to hear this but <laughs> i bring in like scissors and construction paper and like crafts and i'm like okay we're gonna craft today <laughs> yeah. you know like popsicle sticks i basically just clear out all this stuff from my kids you know i'm trying <laughs> to like repurpose and upcycle and you know, we build something. Yeah. Um, cool. And again, applying. Yes, yes. Uh, application. Yeah. Ver- and it makes so much more sense than me just being like, you know, right. the Ferris Bueller yeah. teacher. <laughs> so, which you know, what's sad is that they don't know that joke. They're, we need oh, we need no. a Ferris really? we need a Ferris Bueller remake when so you, that they can no, understand no, it. No, we need to no, bring need the original different. back to the yeah. theater. I know. <laughs> so you tell me if you if you were sitting in the class, you asked the question. You did a three count. No one said Bueller, Bueller, they would not know. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, she's old. She's Gen X." Oh, I would double down. Yeah, I just I'd keep going. I'd be like, "Voodoo economics." (laughs) And then if they still didn't get it, I'd be like, "No, they don't know." Like I will make like a Godfather joke. I'll be like, "It just keeps pulling me back in." Crickets, lost, and not in a good way. Crickets. We've taken up. I know a lot of your time. We went over. We went over time. No, I I said nine because I knew it would go over. (laughs) Fine. Fine. This is what it, this is my parenting style as well. I was gonna say, <laughs> I prepared. Yeah, that's funny <laughs> because uh, I have a lot to say about. I knew I had a lot to say about Saturday. Yeah, no, that's too. great, and we took our time getting to the topic, but I think we did a good job covering it. And also, uh, you two, super punctual. Like I noticed that kind yeah, of we're stuff. moms, yeah, working oh my, moms, yeah. I have. N- I, I respect be- people's time. Yes, um, I, I mean, do not show up late. Yes. Also, I'm married to like a very German guy. Um, so I'm German too, but I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm married to someone who's always late, and it yeah. fucking annoys me. So. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We are always early. Yeah, no. Uh, I I very much appreciate that. That is, I as much as I make fun of the moms for their everything. No, just, just, <laughs> we, just, we deserve a lot of yeah, it. We do. Yeah. Well, I like to call out because it's it's kind of endearing. Like I don't really. It's funny. It yeah. is funny. It's like, come on, look at you. Mm-hmm. It's like when a southern person says, "Bless your heart." Yeah, you know? I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's like I love you, but also, what the hell? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah. But one thing I'll say about moms: I've never seen a mom late to anything ever. You oh. go to yeah. My what? mom friends are late. Oh really? Yeah, yeah they're late with other moms because oh. I think they're like, you'll get it. Yeah. Yeah, like I, we have a lot of like Annie's doing club sports right now, mm-hmm. and so we have a lot of carpooling. And you know, there's a couple moms always on time, a couple moms always late. Hmm. Yeah, just and that's fine because you know they're also really busy. Um, yeah, you don't so, know what's going on in their world. Yeah, you don't. Competing people, priorities. Yeah, people yeah. are busy, and it's hard, and you never know if that you never know how long you're going to be at that stupid light on Main uh, Street. Yep. Like that can make or break your day. Mm-hmm. Um, Should have factored that into your planning. Yeah. <laughs> Now I am a perpetually I I am like the five minute late guy. Mm. I'm I'm working on it. Yeah. So when I notice, I took a moment and said, "Do you see how convenient that was for you? Like, ding dong, it's yeah. it, it's seven fifty nine. Ding dong, it's eight oh one. Liz, you were a minute late, but 
you know. But if you average them together, you nailed it, yeah, right? Thank you. No, so that's amazing. And I thought maybe I, I, I'd like to give this evoke this feeling for others. Maybe I will. And that's also show up on like time. after you guys are role models. Having breakfast, getting our kids on the bus, yeah. getting yeah. our kids ready, getting ourselves ready. Yeah, yeah making coffee, unloading the dishwasher, mm-hmm. walking yep. the dog. Let's I not have, talk about those things. I have three burdens, kids though. to get out of the house. My yeah. daughter asked me to go down to the bus with her today. Aww. I was like, I am gonna do that because you have been. Well, less than cute lately with me. She's on yeah. the same She's bus as my daughter. Yes. They sit together. Yes, they do. Aww, they do. Sweet. Yeah. They sit down together and. Maza, my neighbors on the bus. Too. I mean, obviously, all of our neighbors are on the bus, but because I was really worried because Amelia is like so tiny, and I was like, oh my god, putting her on the bus with, with all high these schoolers. high schoolers too. So it's nice that she has a friend. Yep. And then our neighbors on there too, and she's a high schooler, and she's really sweet with Amelia. So that's good. Yeah. All right, so we've uh, talked long enough, I think. Got to move on. Liz, you want to wrap this show up? Sure. Lauren, thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge and perspectives and insights. It was, I, as usual, I'm coming away a smarter person after a conversation <laughs> with you, Dr. Beetlespacker. And please follow us on Instagram at Small Town Scuttlebutt for the wealth of viral videos that Rick has been putting up. Rick and Liz. <laughs> yes. We, we but you're, you're, you're doing the lion's share. As a marketing professor, I have to say, I do sit in judgment on your social media. Um, and we've talked about it a lot. Like, I've mm-hmm. talked with you, and you're really doing a good job. It's funny. It's Rick. It's not. It's, no, not it's funny. It's, okay, you guys are sticking the landing. <gasps> yeah. We are yeah. doing it. Good. Yeah, and I really particularly love uh, Liz's facial expressions. <laughs> Like really sticking the landing in the like, oh my God, this is so, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. But when she does laugh at some of them, like she shouldn't have laughed at that. Like it wasn't that funny. I can't Uh, help it though. It's it's genuine. Like what I I do, it's genuine. No, but it made, but like I wasn't laughing at your joke, but then I laughed a lot with her. So it works. It works. So you're really doing a good job. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. I think that Liz and I work very well together. You do. You're a good balance of each other. Yeah. And she laughs at everything I say. It's like a laugh just track. at you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yes, Look, people yes. are bored. People are idle. Mm-hmm. We want to change that. We try to just yeah. make them laugh. Um, as always, guys, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us uh, an email at smalltownscuttlebutt at gmail.com with your small town stories, feedback, thoughts, perspectives. We're out. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>about a round of applause for all of our sponsors apc pest and termite control larkin's wine and spirits mario's lawn care park street books perez martial arts royal pizza and winslow design